What up, nerdies? This is your nerdy sports host, Tim. I'm uh, bringing you a jam-packed podcast. We got James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sure you guys have already heard about that from every single uh, podcast and news outlet out there. Even CNN's talking about it. But, uh, you know, I want to bring you our personal perspective. I got one of our close co-hosts, Rohan Kalkarni, with me. How you doing, Rohan? Hey, nerdies. How are you? Yeah, good to have Rohan back. He's a huge NBA fan, and, uh, you know, I'm interested to hear what he's got to say about James Harden to the Nets. But I got a local Brooklyn Nets, one of the biggest Brooklyn Nets fans I know, to be honest, uh, Scotty Too Hottie over here. How you doing, Scotty? Doing? Uh, mixed on the news, to be honest, but I'm happy to be here. All right, man. Why don't you start it up with us? Uh, I know you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, always have been, even since they were in New Jersey. Uh, why are you a Nets fan, and uh, what makes you you know, interested in this news? Uh, well, what makes me interested in the news is because I'm a huge Nets fan. They've been my team since birth. My parents had season tickets, took me to my first game when I was two. I can't say I remember it, but there's a picture of my dad carrying me like a sack of potatoes into the arena. Uh, so nice. I've been going there when they were a Nets fan, always look at them as New Jersey Nets, even though mm-hmm. uh, ironically I live in Brooklyn, so they moved closer to me. I can walk to the arena from here, it's about 10 blocks from me. I'm not going to get my address, but I can walk there very <laughs> easily. Uh, so I'm a huge, huge fan, and I've been a fan of Nets my entire life, literally. Probably at one point was in the womb going there, I imagine. Sure. So uh, back to the day, you know, we got Richard Jefferson, you got Vince Carter, you got Jason Kidd. Who was your favorite player growing up? Was it one of them or maybe someone else? Uh, Going back a little farther, I can even remember like Derek Coleman. Mm -hmm. I'd say it was around Sam Cassell was when I really started to like, that's when I got my first jersey. Uh, I got a Sam Cassell jersey and a Keith Van Horn jersey. So I got two jerseys at the time, like one that was white and one that was the blue with like the net on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so huge fan back then. Um, you know, those are definitely my players I remember forever. Uh, I was actually literally just cleaning my apartment and came across the shot glasses from the NBA 2002 finals of the Nets. I was like, oh, shit, I got to put these back on my shelf in the back. Yeah. Uh, those Maybe they make it players. back to the finals this year. We'll see. We'll see. I hope. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Rohan, let me uh, flip it over to you. James yeah. Harden, one of the most talented players in the game. In my opinion, he's ranked sixth of the top players. I have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, and um, Joel? Nah, Giannis Tentacupo, of course. Dude, no, to be honest, though, Joel Embiid looking like an MVP caliber player. Oh, if, man. Uh, so, yeah. so why don't you tell me about how Doc Rivers has unleashed the beast in Joel Embiid, and uh, you know, tell me about if you feel like you know Brooklyn is a team to beat in the East, or do the 76ers still have the top spot? I think right now it's still the 76ers, but I want to see how they integrate uh, James Harden because the one thing mm-hmm. that worries me about James Harden to the Nets is that there's only one ball. And you got three guys who love to have the ball in their hand. And mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the game, it's going to Kevin Durant. Like he, that's the reason he left Oklahoma city. He's, he's not going to have any of that. So he's going to want the ball in the hand in his hands in the closing seconds. So it's going to be up to Kyrie and Harden. How are they going to get along? You know, I would even love to see someone coming off the bench, take Kyrie to the bench, you know, 
our third option and uh, let him come off the bench, score 40, 50 a game. That might be pretty cool. But Dude, uh, I honestly, think they have to get creative, man. Yeah. What honestly, this team's got to score 150 points a game to win. Like, easy 140. Like, they can't guard anybody. Their biggest weakness coming into this season was defense. And they yeah. got rid of their best defender, with Jared Allen, who's going to Cleveland with Colin Sexton, with Sexland, with a uh, you know Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, and a bunch of towers with Drummond. And anyway, we, we don't need to talk too much about Cleveland because they're not exactly going to compete, but they're interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. I do like what they got to offer. Uh, but I'm with you 100%. I know we're texting, and uh, I was nervous you were going to say Brooklyn for a second because you were pretty hyped about this trade. But I still oh. I, tr- I trust in. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to lock down a defense and yeah. the Brooklyn Nets, their biggest weakness, like I said, was defense. And now they're incredibly worse um, on defense. Like James Harden is a sneaky, bad defender. He makes so many bad moves. He doesn't know who to guard, who to double team, who to box out. Maybe, you know, in like Nash, it's his first year. D'Antoni luckily is the, you know, backup assistant coach there. So he knows yeah. how to work with James Harden, but you know, it, like you're saying, it's dribble, 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 dribble. Like they're not going to play seven second or no. less Suns offense. Uh, so the thing is, do you think they're going to have to play? And maybe I want to ask Scotty that. Like, yeah, Scotty, do you think they're going to even need to play defense? Like they have such good scores. Like, why do you even need to play defense at that point? <laughs> uh, you know, I think you always have to play a little bit of defense, but. I'm not worried about on the car. I'm more worried about or off the car. I mean, is Kyrie even going to play? Maybe mm-hmm, you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about as much as uh, one ball because there might only be two of them. You know, I don't know how long it's going to be before Kyrie returns. And, uh, you know, I don't know. We can't all win, but I'll segment silver. Sorry to take over. We can all win at money. And if you look at the odds, Brooklyn's odds just shot up to win the Atlantic Division by a ton. And I think the safe bet is Boston. Uh, you can get that one to win the division for plus 450 and Brooklyn's only paying back plus 200. They have three less losses. I know it's early. Chemistry takes a while. Even let's say Brooklyn would win the championship. That's just to win the division. Stars don't try as hard where Boston's known for trying harder. I'd take that and just win some money right now. While I'm thinking about how the team's going to do later on. That's just my Dude, I, I agree with you there, Scotty. The Celtics are seven and three starting off the yeah. gate. And I don't even know if Jason Tatum's their top guy. Jalen Brown is unstoppable right now. I'm so glad they did not trade Jalen Brown for James Harden. They immediately were like, you know, I guess rumored to be a trade contender with James Harden. And I, to be honest, you know, I've said on the podcast many times, I thought it would be Ben Simmons and a piece, maybe Tyrese Maxey, you know, for, for James Harden. But um, I'm disappointed, honestly, in this trade. I, I think the Nets, I was so excited to see what they could do. Seeing Kevin yeah. Durant come back from Achilles injury and looking like his old self, looking like, you know, everybody said it would be 86% of what he was. Like, how could you say he's going to lose 15% of his game? Like, the man doesn't exactly explode like Russell Westbrook. Like, but oof, Russell Westbrook looking like hot garbage in uh, Washington. <laughs> I wonder if Bradley Beal's going to request a trade soon. But, uh, you know, I'm nervous about Russell Westbrook. He kind of looks like uh, Allen Iverson you know, on like Denver, like maybe, yeah. maybe he's yeah. already past his prime, but I don't know uh, if you I, can I, move uh deal. I think you have to move Westbrook instead. I mean, at this they point, just traded for him. 
just trade him again, get something from him. I guess that's the NBA today, right? Everybody's trading everywhere. Like, but honestly, you know, I know a lot of people talking about this being all about LeBron James. Um, you know, guys, of course, you guys know me very well for the past 10 years or so. I've been a LeBron James fan since 2002. Um, so, you know, definitely no, um, you know, criticism here for me. I think his personality fit with Anthony Davis is incredible. Um, yeah. I think they're incredibly deep. They're honestly like 12 players deep. You're not going to start Quinn cook in the finals, but like you got Kuzma off the bench. You got Harrell off the bench. Schroeder's a pretty solid guard. Um, KCP can guard and, you know, but it's all about the top two players in the game. Honestly, I think Anthony Davis and LeBron are the top two players in the game and you got Brooklyn coming in. Like I said, they got two top six players now, but can they gel? Like Kevin Durant played with Harden back in the day when James Harden wasn't uh, a solo artist. You know, I, I know I, I want to hear Scotty's perspective a little bit more on team chemistry. You were you were talking about personality fit before and Kyrie Irvin, you know, may may like retire tomorrow. Who knows what this guy is going to do with his life? Like, I don't think even his best friends know what he's going to do, but I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about personality fit. Is it toxic or do you think they're going to make it work? Well, I am worried it's a little toxic. I think mm -hmm. Kevin Durant could definitely make it fit. You look when he went to Golden State, he fit immediately. And I think he's flexible. Basically, any team, you could just say, pick a team, 30 teams, he'd fit in easily. And not only um, James Harden or Kyrie, not everybody could say that. He's one of the only players you could put anywhere. But I do worry about a toxic environment. I don't love it. I got to be honest. I'm a huge Nets fan. I don't love this trade. Yeah. Uh, the only aspect of the trade I like is I definitely prefer a franchise that goes for it. I don't want to be yeah. in purgatory. I don't want to be the 41 and 41 team each year that just sits in the middle. You're not getting good draft picks. You're not going deep. So I like the idea of going for it. You know, I'd rather be a team that wins a championship one year and has nine bad years than a team that's winning 50 games for 10 years and never gets to the finals. So I like the mindset, but I don't like the trade. I don't think the chemistry is going to work. And I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see them getting out of the second round. Hot take over here. So who's there? So you got the Celtics beating them in the second round. That's your like kryptonite for them. Uh, it depends on the seeds, obviously. Of course. Yeah. I would say, I think Philly's their worst matchup. I mean, they yeah. just got rid of Jared Allen. I really like him a lot. They lost their size and their defense is going to be bottom five to worst, depending. So yeah. I think they're going to get abused if they play anybody that has any good size. Yeah, we've already talked about how bad their defense was before, even with Jared Allen. Um, but yeah. all of a sudden, you lose him. What are you going to do? And their biggest strength was their bench scoring. And they got rid of Karis LeVert, who's one of the best, like, six men in the league. And, you know, all of a sudden, like, the Pacers. So that's my team that's sneaky that I think is going to compete with them. I love Malcolm Brockton so much. He's unbelievable. And, and Sabonis may be the most under, underrated player in the league. I think he's a lockdown top 30 guy, undoubtedly. And I don't think the common fan knows who he is. And Miles yeah. Turner, all of a sudden, as their third guy, is it's perfect. Like, he's just – he's like a Joel Embiid light. Um, so I know Rohan, I want to, I want to throw this over to you. I know we were already talking a little about 76ers, a little bit about the Celtics Pacers, who, who's, uh, your team in the East that we haven't talked about, maybe that would compete with them. Or do you see those teams at the top four? I think 
I think you have the top. You have the top three teams, which is going to be um, the 76ers, Boston, and the Nets. Those are, you know, Mm -hmm. they're a class above everyone else. Mm -hmm. But Tim, I know we've talked about this last time, and I just want to bring this up. I think my boy, LaMelo Ball, is going to make a run with the Hornets. They're looking good. They're playing good ball. And honestly, that's a team I'm rooting for. And I think they're going to just sneak in there and they might make some noise in the playoffs because they have a deep squad. It's not like, you know, they focus on one. I mean, they have their Gordon Hayward, who is their sort of, you know, um, he's the leader of the team. He's the scorer. And he's he's looking like his old self, which looks great. And and I think right. everyone else is just falling in place. Everyone knows their role. Like everyone from LaMelo Ball to, um, yeah, Scary Terry, he's back as well. So, I mean, I really love this team just from the makeup of it and just the way they play together. And, you know, it just seems like a team that gives up the ball for the next person. It's like the next pass. And, and I always love watching basketball like that. Yeah, they're definitely the league pass team of the year. Them and the Phoenix Suns, which are, you know, that was my team last year that we, uh, last podcast that we were talking about. They're just so interesting to watch. But I agree. Like, I was a little bit skeptical on LaMelo. I do love his passing, but I was worried about his maturity. Like, when he was in Australia, like, he couldn't give a shit. Like, he, he just, he was acting like James Harden, like, you know, just not playing, not doing the little things, um, you know, and like, calling out his teammates and putting up like eight threes a game, even though he was only shooting 20%. And I was like, yeah, who knows what he's going to do in the NBA. But all of a sudden he's working with better players. It's got Gordon Hayward all of a sudden, like he's a top guy. I talk about top 30 guys. I'm trying to put together a list here. And I don't think I could leave him off. Like Gordon Hayward's pretty solid player. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it would ever worked out in Boston, but you know, obviously it wasn't, the worst contract ever. Like you got to give him that money and he's definitely unleashed something. And like you said, you got LaMelo ball. Who's the youngest player in NBA history to get a triple double like that. Yeah. that he, he's doing all the little things, right? Like he's a huge guard that can rebound and he, he, I don't think he would ever guard a guy. I, I don't know if defense is ever going to be there, but you surround him with the right pieces. Um, yeah, I, I could see them, especially in an NBA bubble scenario. We saw yeah. we saw what the Phoenix Suns did even without Chris Paul. And we saw what Chris Paul did with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So you get, you know, a good team chemistry. We saw what the Miami Heat did with culture. Oh, you know, and Miami is a little struggling now. They probably burnt their gas tank uh, in Disney, but uh, we'll we'll see. All of a sudden, the Lakers though are still the best team in the league. They're ten and three right now, but I feel like LeBron's in shape three hundred sixty-five days a year. This guy's unbelievable. He never ceases to amaze me. He's uh, I don't know. I become a bigger fan every single day of him. I can't speak highly enough about the guy. It's unbelievable. Uh, all right. I hear you there. I, I, I'm a little disappointed in Miami, but I think they'll figure it out. We'll see what the Bucks do. They're still one of the best teams in the league. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super, super worried about Brooklyn. I just don't see the toxicity working. There's so many new pieces, even like Miami heat, you know, when they built their big three and Chris Bosch came in with Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, and they teamed up together they were taken down by uh, force. They were taken down by Dallas Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki, who never won a championship before and hasn't went after, but they just made it work. And they had, you know, let's talk about scary Terry, Jason Terry off the bench, lighten it up. Uh, you know, that team just the ball movement, 
and defense, team chemistry, that beats them. So I see so many teams when you go down the list in the East that could contend. Uh, Scotty, I know you're talking numbers, and I love my numbers. Where where do the Nets rank on Vegas's odds to win the championship right now? Well, too high for me personally, but <laughs> I'm shocked that from what I can see here, and depends on the site, you get slightly different odds. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're coming in second to the Lakers. Okay, so that makes sense. They're the favorites to win the East, and they're second to the Lakers to win it all. And yeah, I mean, I'm shocked because uh, you know I think the Lakers are going to be heavy favorites this year and going to take it all. Honestly, not a problem. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be one of the more lopsided finals, going back to Durant beating the Warriors. And I hate to say that because it's you like to have a competitiveness, but um, yeah, I'm surprised that. Depending on the, the website you use, Brooklyn is getting anywhere between 275 to 330. That's plus 275, plus 230 on a Vegas. And yeah, the Lakers yeah. are doing 225. So it's not that much of a difference. Not at all. Batting odds. Who's the third team, Scott? Uh, the third team is a pretty decent drop-off here. So you got the Clippers. They're at a plus 600. And if you go to the East, you got Milwaukee's getting plus 635. It's actually slightly ahead of the Clippers. Yeah, I agree with that, man. I, I actually love that a lot. Uh, I know you uh, mentioned at the Grohan, you mentioned like in Philly. That's a good value pick. You can get them yeah. as good as plus 1,800 to win it all. A lot of money for your, your bet. All things I'm not betting against the Lakers. Bucks. I ain't betting against the Lakers. Yeah, sure. There was this guy that bet ten value. cents to win like fifteen hundred dollars on a seventeen parlay last night. Like you never know. Just just toss it out there if you want to lose some money. You know, make sure it's a small bet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't bet responsibly. Okay, wear a mask and bet responsibly. <laughs> uh, so I think we covered the East pretty well. Like I said, I love the Pacers. I love the Seventy Sixers a lot. I think Joel Embiid uh, could win MVP. Uh, curious here. Let, let's go back to Mr. Oddsmaker over here, Scotty. In terms of MVP odds, uh, LeBron James is looking like the top dog right now. Going into the season, Luka Doncic was number one, but Joel Embiid all of a sudden is showing he's got what it takes. We also have Kevin Durant, who is looking amazing, and he was my dark horse sleeper. I think he was like fifth or so on the rankings coming into the season, but obviously James Harden taking the ball away from him. I don't see him winning, and Giannis ain't three-peating. I don't care how good he does. Um, who's your pick to win MVP? And give the audience a little breakdown on the odds for MVP race. Well, my pick, I'm going to stick with Luca by a hair because it wouldn't mm-hmm. be my preseason pick, even okay. though I'm losing a little bit of faith on that one. Um, at this point, I think a good bet could be Joel. I like him to win. Uh, I'm going to take Durant out of it. I know you mentioned Sleeper because I think this trade ruins it for him. I think, A, you Agreed. have the chemistry, but B, if the chemistry, he can't win either way because either the chemistry is going to hurt his stats. If it helps his stats, they're going to say you have three stars and normally you don't get an MVP yeah. when you have three stars on a team. They'd be like, well, look at all the health around you. So he can't win. He's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Uh, I 100% agree with you. Giannis is not getting three in a row. It's almost never happened and they're not nah. going to give it to him, especially after... It's supposed to be a regular season award, but they're going to look at the playoffs the last two years and they'll keep in the back of their mind when they're giving out the award. Sure. Yeah. And right uh, now, so I, I agree. 
Right now, LeBron James is averaging 24 points a game, seven rebounds a game, no, eight rebounds a game, and eight assists per game with about one steal, one block. And, like, Anthony Davis is solid. You know, he's averaging 22 a game, uh, eight and a half rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks. Um, But, like, if LeBron, like, gets his team to a 60-12 and record and they're top seed in the West – I love my chances there with, with LeBron, but I agree with you. I think Lucas still got a good shot. He just got Kristaps Porzingis back, um, you know, and they, they got all, they got some shooters around with like Jason Richardson. All of a sudden it looked like garbage in uh, Philadelphia. He's looking real nice, real nice. And in, uh, in Dallas, I'm, I'm intrigued by uh, the West. Let's, so I think we covered the East a lot and uh, I know we talked. So Rohan, I, I want to get your perspective on the West. Do you feel, I know our last podcast, you were thinking the Clippers are going to be able to compete with the Lakers, but all of a sudden the Clippers put in, uh, I think they were down 51, no, 50 points um, versus the Dallas Mavericks at halftime. They end up losing by 51. I got my sports calendar over here. I I don't know what day it was. It was about a week ago. We're only three weeks in the season, ladies and gentlemen, so not much has happened yet, but plenty to talk about. Uh, Give me your West Coast teams. How how you feeling about the Warriors? How you feeling about the Suns, Mavericks, Blazers, Jazz? Who do you got? I think right now I have the Lakers. They're top dog. I don't think right and right now no one's touching them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people are going to be able to compete against them, but no one's really touching that number one sort of uh, seed. Uh, through that, it is sort of a mix between the Clippers, which I'm really not high on this season. I don't know what with that internal internal turmoil where you know you had all these players saying Paul George isn't a leader Kawhi's not a leader like I don't think they've still figured it out and they let go of Doc Rivers and Mm -hmm. he definitely isn't the problem because he's over there at the 76ers and he's kicking ass so um, they need to figure it out Uh, and, and I don't think they figured it out yet so I don't think they're the top dogs to be competing with the Lakers but I really like the Mavericks and I like the Phoenix Suns uh, those are the top two I see sort of really pushing in, when it comes to playoff time. I mean, like you said, we're still in week three. We don't know what's going to happen with injuries yeah. and yeah. things like that. But right now, I mean, Scotty, I know you said that you're not too impressed with uh, Luka Dantich getting MVP. I think we have to be patient. I think it's just three weeks in. And I think yeah. once he gets Kristoff back, he gets, you know, he gets it going. I, this kid is playing unbelievable. I was watching that game with the Clippers, and this kid is just putting the team on his back and like carrying them. Him and Tim Hardaway Jr. Right now, those are the only two real options on that team. And you know what? He's been leading it, and he's what 21, 20. It's, yeah, it's I think he's crazy. 20. Yeah, super young. It's ridiculous. The NFL's like, got a lot of good. He's controlling the tempo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, unbelievable. It's but, like but he's controlling, man. He plays in slow motion, um, and like he always looks like he's a little pudgy. But he was like, you know, that's just who I am. Like James Harden, all of a sudden got in elite shape and then tanked. Like he gained like I don't know twenty pounds this year. I have no idea, but he obviously looks pudgy. Everybody's been joking about that across the internet, and he he just he he absolutely tanked. He absolutely tanked, and. uh in Houston, Houston's 14th in the West right now. But yeah, just like you're saying, like the Dallas Mavericks, they're six and four. It's only 10 games in, but that's fine. And they just got Casey, Chris top sports and gets back. Um, you know, I, I think they, yeah. they could, they can move up that rankings. We got 
LA first, uh, well, both LA's we got Lakers and Clippers top two. And then we got jazz Suns, blazers, Mavericks, warriors, Spurs, nuggets aren't even in the playoffs. Grizzlies lost John Morant. So they're not going to be in the playoffs. Uh, but there's plenty of time to go. We still got another 62 games up. Um, you know, I, I know we're going to come back and talk more NBA in a couple of weeks for sure. You know, we're, we're not even at Martin Luther King day yet. Um, you know, and yeah. things, things are starting to heat up though, but this James Harden trade definitely like, was a, just a splash that everybody needs. Like when it comes to the NBA, people talk way more about trades than, um, yeah. you know, the games themselves. Do, what were you about to say, Rohan? I was just going to say one other team that I was thinking about is the Blazers are looking good. CJ McCollum is looking good this year. And if he yeah. can, if he can help out Dame Lillard, I think they can make a nice push. Yeah. They're a problem for a uh, NBA bubble scenario type of team. Like, you know, especially yeah. Yusuf Nurkic, like he's healthy. Now you mix him with Collins. Ooh, baby. I like that. Like that's what it is. Like the Lakers got Marcus all to guard, like those big guys. And, Anthony Davis fits perfectly with LeBron because LeBron doesn't want to guard the post. He is big and strong, but he likes pace, pace, pace. You know, the man may be 36, but like, whew, he's still got all the, all the legs underneath him. So I want to, I want to flip it He loves his yeah. breakouts. Sorry. Oh yeah. No, I was just going to say he no, loves his that's breakouts. That's exactly he it. Hates, yeah. He doesn't want to be in the post. He wants to be out near the three and then he makes a quick transition and he gets those crazy dunks we always see on highlights. Yeah, and he's finally got his three ball game under under his bag right now. Like he's got like no weaknesses. Like Kevin Durant's one of the most amazing scores I've ever seen. James Harden as well, one of the most amazing scores we've ever seen. Kyrie's the best ball handler in the game. But like they they just they didn't fix any of their problems. They made their biggest problems are worse and their big strengths all of a sudden aren't there anymore. Like they got zero depth. They got like DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris as their third guy, like a fourth guy. Sorry. Like who's really going to be there. And for me, when you can't count on Kyrie Irving to be there, like it's nice to have James Harden. You got, I'm, I'm interested, Scotty. So let's flip it over to you. So we got Kevin Durant, he wasn't able to make it work in golden state because Steph and Draymond, it was their team. Clay Thompson didn't even need to dribble to get 30 points. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about team chemistry. They're probably going to work for maybe a week or two, but how do you think this team, like what's another move you would make? How about this? What's another move you w would you make if you were, you know, the Brooklyn Nets GM? Well, I mean, it's tough to make any more moves now because you traded away every asset you have from players to picks. So at this point, it's a little late. But if I was building toward the future, honestly, I would be happy to talk Kyrie into retiring. Okay. And free up some money, have two stars, and see if you could build around him. And I'm more than happy if Kyrie wants to do things off the court. If you have a passion, <laughs> that's great. But you have a job. If you have a job, you got to do your job first. And then that, and you know, when you retire, you'll still be a young man. If you want to do something else or do it after work, but you can't just not show up to work. So at that point, if you're not committed, I'd, I'd be really happy if you retired. I think two stars works better than three and sign some role players. But otherwise, what can we do? We have no money and we have no capital. We have no draft picks. We have no role players to trade. This is what you got for the foreseeable future. But that's it. Exactly. I feel like Kevin Durant, like realized all this shit that went down the first three weeks was like, wait, 
I know LeBron made it work with Kyrie, but I don't think I can make this work with Kyrie Irving over here at this rate. Like Kyrie was also a different player back in the day. All of a sudden he got a little bit more freedom, went to Boston, thought it was his team. And now he's like, okay, yeah, I'll team up with one of the best players in the game. As he says, like, I finally got a clutch shooter. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, in Kevin Durant, but uh, you know, Kevin Durant realized, okay, I can't make, Kyrie Irving work with me. Maybe James Harden's my number two guy. Like we had some good chemistry back in the day. I know he's a different guy, but you know, I think we could figure this out. The NBA is all about getting stars together, but uh, I think you really got to focus on defense. You got to focus on team chemistry. And uh, that's why the Spurs and the Mavericks end up winning championships. And that's why like, the Raptors won a championship with only one star defense ladies and gentlemen. That's why I was completely wrong on Pittsburgh Steelers because I thought defense could carry them, but they ended up letting up 28 points to the Browns in the first quarter. Um, so it was completely wrong there. Uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, about that. But speaking about basketball, you still need defense to win championships. And the Lakers got, got a great defensive team. The Bucks got a great defensive team. The Celtics can make it work. The Heat can make it work. The Pacers can make it work. There's so much going on, but all of a sudden, he's like, okay, we're going to get James Harden coming back to Brooklyn. And how's he going to work in New York? Like, even in Houston, he can't stay out of the strip clubs. Like, there's, I know we're dealing with a pandemic right now, and you can't really stay out past 10 p.m., but he's still going to be a problem. Like, Kyrie can't be handled. Like, it's just such a toxic mess, this team. I yeah. was so excited to see what they were going to do. And now it's like, all right, man, like, I can't even root for this team. Like, I know Rohan, like you, you, maybe you're joking around, but you said you're going to buy a Kevin Durant jersey. Now I love Kevin Durant, but how do you feel about how he would work with Kyrie Irving um, pre Harden? Is it going to be better post Harden now that there's less ball for Kyrie to do his magic? Like, how do you, how do you think this is going to work? And how do you feel about the player's chemistry? When I first heard about the trade, I thought this was going to be fucking amazing. I thought it was going to be like the Harlem Globetrotters. You're going to see fucking alley-oops to Kevin Durant, like behind mm -hmm. the back alley-oops from like Kyrie Irving. And, and you're just going to see the craziest fucking basketball in the world. And let's be honest, New York City is the East Coast mecca of uh, basketball. So I was super excited just to see the crazy, because in the first first couple of weeks like watching Kyrie Irving play without Kevin Durant I was so excited it was exciting basketball to watch just this one kid going yeah. at it and and doing some of the most crazy things I've ever seen and I was just excited to see him with Kevin Durant with James Harden and all of them working together but then after sort of letting it settle in and then seeing all the yeah. news about Kyrie and, you know, he's missing games and practice for no reason. Um, I'm really starting to doubt it, but that's the reason I was so excited. I, I really wanted to see like all these guys are, are top 10 players, like top. Yeah. You could say top seven, top eight players. Uh, and it's, all it, I, except for maybe Kyrie's Kyrie. top eight, get out of here, bro. He's a top maybe 30 guy. All right, all right, man. But you know other what? That's what I'm Kyrie. here for. <laughs> other than Kyrie, you know what I mean. They're, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're pretty good. I think if Kyrie put his mind to it and he actually worked, I think his problem is work. I, I don't think he wants to put in that work. But I think if he if he had that Kobe mentality or he had that LeBron mentality where every yeah. day he's going out there putting up 30, he's, he's easily top 10. 
I mean, for sure. Absolutely. But, but that's Harden's I, problem too, is the work ethic. And maybe it's going to yeah. flip a switch in about four months. You know, he's got to get into shape during the season. I don't know how this is going to work for him, but you know, it okay. can, Steve Nash is such a likable guy and he's so honest. Like when Kyrie all of a sudden bailed on his team and didn't show up and he texted his team like, Hey guys, not going to make it today. Like, it, you know, it yeah. could be political or he didn't even let him know why, like he didn't, he, and then all of a sudden he's showing up at his, uh, his, his sister's birthday party in New Jersey. And like that man just doesn't understand responsibility. He doesn't understand that there's a cause and effect to everything. If you say something, especially like that's what LeBron learned super early, like, all right, everything I'm going to tell the media, they're going to come back. They're going to talk about it for 24 hours. And then I'm going to have to answer to them the next day. And when yeah. you're under the spotlight, especially when you're in Brooklyn, that's going to come back at you every single day. So I was really excited about the Nets because I was like, okay, at least they got Kevin Durant. Maybe Kyrie's not going to work, but maybe they trade Kyrie. I was so excited that maybe they trade Kyrie for a bunch of pieces, make Kevin Durant's team, make it like a, you know, a Toronto Raptors style. I was hoping they were going to trade Kyrie for defense. And then I would be like, okay, I love this team. Cause I was in love with Jared Allen and Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie. Sorry. You know, you got hurt for the year, but maybe that saved him. And maybe he's going to be in Brooklyn next year to contend for a championship. Um, I could definitely see Brooklyn contending next year. I think we went through this enough that they're really not going to compete. Oh, they're going to compete for sure. But I, I think we all came to a collective decision that they're not going to win the championship in 2021, but we'll see what they could yeah. do in 2022. I do agree with Scotty in a way that there's not many pieces they could trade, but I'm still on that train where it's, if you trade Kyrie Irving for a bunch of pieces, fit this team around James Harden, fit this team about Kevin Durant. Maybe you can make something happen. Those guys are amazing. And you get two top 10 players, you're going to compete. Um, so let's let's transition to the NFL. We had super wildcard weekends, one of the greatest weekends in NFL history. We had six games going on, three on Saturday, three on Sunday. This is something I think the NFL should have done years ago, but at least we finally got it. And COVID, you know, there's a few things that came about that's very positive about 2020. Um, I'm interested to hear Scotty's opinion. Uh, what game really called out your attention watching Saturday or Sunday last weekend? Uh, I mean, honestly, all the games are great and mm -hmm. we love the NFL and whatnot. Um, I think Tennessee and Baltimore has to come to the one of the top of the list. I mean, exciting was Cleveland Pittsburgh. You just see points being scored. But as far as attention, I'm going to stay with Tennessee because it, I think you can't overstate how important it was to have Lamar Jackson down 10 and lead a comeback. And even better yet, down 10 after, let's just be honest, a terrible interception. Like that was a really bad pass, 100% on him. You can't be like, oh, the receiver pressure, not a, a terrible interception. You're down 10 nothing. It just, you're getting flashbacks, deja vu. It's like, well, Lamar Jackson can't be Tennessee. He can't be. He can't win the playoffs. You know, everything goes into question. And taking that off his shoulders, the mental, that's got it. That completely yeah. changes everything from my perspective of Baltimore. That you have to wonder that they could. They always had the talent to win it all. They had the best record last year, MVP. But now with that off the shoulders, I think. That is kind of forgotten, especially because of the Pittsburgh game was such an interesting game at night. 
and that was an earlier game that I think some people are actually overlooking how important that was and how it really changes the whole dynamics of the whole AFC. No, I agree with you. I think that was easily the best game on Sunday and we were texting about it. I was, I was really confident in the Ravens uh, pregame because I thought it was a revenge game for them. You know, they got blown out. I think they only scored 12 points last year's playoff game, but, and everybody's like Lamar Jackson can't win the playoffs, but this man only lost two playoff games. Like he made it to the end. They were favored to win all 16 games this year. Uh, but yeah, totally agree. He throws that pick and I'm like, Oh, game over. Tennessee's winning. I instantly text you about it. I think, you know, I bet a hundred bucks lost that easily. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I was really surprised to see what happened in Cleveland. You know, they have no head coach. They're down one of their best offensive linemen. They're down one of their best cornerbacks. They didn't practice all week and they come out with a beautiful team chemistry. It's like, okay, Kevin Stefanski is doing something right. If even if he's not there, even if he can't talk to the team the entire day on Sunday, they still come out and score 28 points against one of the best defenses in the game. Now, yes, this was a team that was suspect where they went 11 and 0, and all of a sudden they lose to the Bengals and they finished the season one and five. And like a lot of people are making fun of Juju Smith Schuster on TikTok and dancing on the logo. And, you know, even Claypool, you know, his first year, they got the receivers, they got the talent. I thought they could flip a switch. And I think it was too late. Crazy enough, even down 28 nothing. They were competing. Ben Roethlisberger throws for 47 completions. He ended up throwing for a 68.9% completion percentage, which, you know, everybody thinks, of course, yeah, he's going to throw for five yards because they're down a zillion points. But when the defense knows, okay, this team literally is not going to run and he still can throw for almost 70% completion percentage, I think that's incredible. Like the man's 38 years old now. His career could be over. I'm really interested to hear what Rahan has to say. Let's stick to the AFC. Um, I know we got the Chiefs and Browns coming up this weekend, and then we got um, you know the Ravens and the Bills coming up uh, where the Bills only squeaked out a tiny win versus the Colts, where the Colts did literally everything right except for Phillip Rivers, which – Oh man, you know, I've talked about that enough last podcast, but Phil Rivers is exhausting to watch. I can't wait to watch this man retire and watch a new young blood come in. Uh, I really hope, uh, you know, maybe Deshaun Watson can go to the Colts. Maybe Carson Wentz can go to the Colts and become good. Um, interested here. Let's stick to the AFC. What was exciting about last weekend's games? What team, you know, caught your eye and what are you looking forward to, to this weekend's two games? Yeah, definitely was what caught my eye was Lamar Jackson, like Scotty said, like mm -hmm. just watching him getting that first playoff win. And when, when they were down 10-0, you were like, mm -mm, like this isn't good because the Titans have Derrick Henry. I was like, they're going to just pound this rock and yeah. Lamar's just not going to see the field in the second half. But that Ravens defense is is super scary. I think Calais Campbell is back. He's he's really he's turning on all all four cylinders and he's going to be a force and he's always good in playoffs. Uh, but what I'm excited is next week, uh, Baltimore versus the Bills. I want to see Josh Allen because I think Josh Allen is Carson Wentz 2.0. And mm -hmm. I just want to see him go up against those big boys in Baltimore. And I want to see that offensive line versus that defensive line and see what they're able to do. Because if you think about it, I don't think th this Ravens defense is a perfect matchup for uh, perfect. the Bills defense or Bills offense. Yeah. 
Like their yeah. defensive line, I think matches up perfectly. They might have a slight edge over the Bills' offensive line, and the cornerbacks for the Baltimore Ravens are all Pro Bowlers, and I think one of them is a, a All Pro. So Bills only have one good receiver, one Pro Bowl receiver, which is Stephon Diggs. So. Yeah. It's going to be a great matchup to see how uh, Josh Allen and how Brian Dayball are going to have to game plan to get around this Ravens defense. Sure. Dude, don't sleep on Cole Beasley, though. Oh, that is true. Cole Beasley yeah, and that yeah. run game for the Bills. Um, I'm actually surprised. I know they don't have Zach Moss next game, but oh. uh, I'm still I'm still looking forward to their run game. But I agree with you, man. I mean, I, I think it's like a two and a half point spread. Uh, you know, and the line moves to one and a half. All of a sudden, you know, the Ravens are still underdogs, but the Bills were like the hottest team in the game coming into the playoffs. And then they put together a solid performance versus Indy, but their defense looked a lot worse than I thought they would. So I'm really interested what they're going to be able to do with the Ravens run game. We got J.K. Dobbins. We got Lamar Jackson, one of the greatest runners in the whole game. And then we got Gus Edwards. This team is projected to get 223 rushing yards. They're literally the greatest rushing team we've ever seen in a game where it's all about passing. So you have the bills that look like this pace and space team where they're like Kansas city chiefs of 2021. Now, um, you know, you could throw it all over. Diggs is like the best receiver in the game. Like he may not be actually the most talented, but the connection with him and Josh Allen is literally the best right now. The only thing even comparable to is Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers, the goat. Um, so, Let's stick to the AFC, Scotty. What's your perspective on this Ravens-Bills game? How do you see it turning out? Uh, well, first, I think it's going to be the most exciting game of the weekend to watch between uh, passing offense and running offense. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I, I think it's just a bad matchup for Buffalo. You know, mm -hmm. I I think I could argue that you can make an argument they're the, say, the best improved team from last year, like where they are now. Uh, you take away that Hail Mary. That's another win, really, for them. That should have been – they should have ended the season with, like, nine in a row. They're looking they are so on fire. Josh Allen is looking amazing. I just think this is a bad matchup for them. Uh, so, I'd worry I'd, I'd have to pick Baltimore in this one. I think if it was almost anybody else, I think they'd have a better chance. It's just Sometimes it's just matchups. It's just not your day. I hear you, man. And I think I they got there. I think they're upset that uh, Cleveland ended up winning because that ended up changing the bracket for them. And I, I would have picked – them to beat Pittsburgh. I would have honestly picked Buffalo to beat Pittsburgh yeah. 100% right now. Because yeah. I think they just match up a lot better. And a lot of times, matchups is what decides everything. And it's just a bad one for them. Yeah. We got Josh Allen. He won his first playoff game. And we got Lamar Jackson. He won his first playoff game. They're both 24 years old. They both have good arms, monster arms. Josh Allen's is the best. And they're both really mobile. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's like the greatest running quarterback ever, the second to Michael Vick, but maybe he could be better. Who knows what this guy's going to do? He's only 24 years old, like I said. So, yeah, it's easily, you know, I posted about it on Nerdy Sports Instagram and Twitter and uh, Facebook. And we are really excited to see what's going to happen here. So I'm glad to hear you guys agree with me as well with that. A step of the game yeah. of the week for me. Um, how about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns? Do you think the Cleveland Browns, let's stick with Scotty right now, do you think the Cleveland Browns can cover that 10-point spread? Do you think they're going to be able to run the ball with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb? They're projected to get 140 rushing yards this week combined. Um, they're going to have to run, run, run if they're going to beat the Chiefs because you got to keep it out of Patty Mahomes' hands. You can't give him the any time with the clock. 
what do you think about this game? Who do you think is going to win? And uh, what do you see going on with this game? Uh, I got Kansas City winning. Um, I know they didn't mm-hmm. look great the rest of the season. And mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like somehow you have the best record in the NFL and that you're under the radar. Like, you're ending the season, you're like, well, they don't look great. They're not covering their spread. And I know, like, they didn't cover the spread on, like, the six of the last seven games. So people are like, well, they're not winning dominant. They haven't beaten a team by 10 points since the Jets. That's, what, week eight, I think, or something like that. And that's sure. all fair. But let's throw out the last game because they, they sat Patrick Mahomes and whatnot. They were sitting at 14-1, and one, and somehow they're getting less credit than Buffalo, which is a great story and exciting to watch. But like, nobody's giving them credit. And remember they have Andy Reid, who has the best record of all time coming up by week, even better than Belichick. I think he's like 19 and three or something. Amen. And on top of that, not only they're going to be on home, but if you say that, oh, you know what? There's no fans, really. It doesn't matter. They just set the record for the best road season record in NFL history. They went eight and zero, including five teams that were above 500. They just had the most, the best road season winning percentage in NFL history as far as being undefeated on the road against the best statistical schedule that's ever been played on the road. So that just gives you an idea. When they're trying, they're pretty much unstoppable. So as long as they try and Andy Reid keeps people going off of bye weeks so you don't have to worry about that, then they should be unstoppable. Maybe Cleveland covers 10 on a backdoor cover. I could see that. So this is not one I want to bet personally, but if you haven't noticed by the podcast, I do like to bet a little bit. This one I'm kind of avoiding. <laughs> but uh, you can't bet them I all. Think... That's never the smart move to bet them all. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, uh, so I'm avoiding the bet on this one, but uh, I think Kansas City wins fairly comfortably. Handedly, so whether yeah. it be yeah. say somewhere between nine and fourteen. Sure. Yeah, I agree with you there, man. I'm worried about uh, Baker Mayfield coming back after this emotional win. You know, he just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers twice in a row, wants to make the playoffs, and then second to overcome them and potentially put Big Ben Roethlisberger into retirement, going home crying, you know, going with Pouncey on the bench and just, oh, man, that was so sad to see. But honestly, I was just so wrong about Pittsburgh. You know, I've said it before, but – uh, I'm interested to see what they're going to be able to do. I was really disappointed by Tomlin. I thought it would be all about coaching. And that's why I love Andy Reid and the chiefs to win the super bowl. Like there's, they're sneaky, man. I'm sticking with them. Like there's nothing I've seen to make me hesitate. Like we'll see what they're going to do with Cleveland and we'll see if they have to play the Ravens or the bills, but you know, I I'll go with chiefs Ravens and then the chiefs are going to be able to beat them and go to the super bowl. So let's go to Rohan. Let's stick to the AFC before we go to the, you know, NFC. How do you feel about the Kansas City Chiefs? Do you think they're going to move on to the Super Bowl? Do you think they're going to beat the Cleveland Browns handedly? How do you feel about this matchup? I love the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're going to win. But I have this weird feeling that it's a really good matchup for the Browns. I feel okay. like it's it's a like if there was one team in the playoffs right now that had to go up against Patty Mahomes and had to really just you know what say fuck it we're gonna we're gonna take the ball away from him we're not we're gonna play good defense you still got Miles Garrett on the edge and that's you know hey uh, they got to a 28 lead uh, 28-0 lead last week yeah. against the Steelers because of Miles Garrett and that defensive line um, so I, I think if those, those guys up front, they come to play, uh, they're able to keep Patty Mahomes moving. They're able to lock up the receivers. 
um, and and just give it to Kareem Hunt and give it to Nick Chubb and just have them pound all day. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they have. I think they have a good chance of covering that ten point spread, and uh, maybe having an upset. But you're right. Like right now, I don't see any team beating uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They just they have the best receiver, best quarterback, best tight end in the league, uh, and that's just on offense. And, sure. And, they're they're scary, man. I don't, yeah. I don't. They're definitely one of the best teams. They're they're going down in history this year. I mean, Andy Reid is doing a phenomenal job. And, yeah. Uh, I just hate to see him do such a great job at another another. Team. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, I wish we did not uh, fire Andy Reid as quickly as we did. And same with uh, Chip Kelly and same with Doug Peterson. Like, I don't know. Let me hear. Well, before we go to NFC, let, let me hear. So Doug Peterson gets fired, as, you know, nerdy sports audience knows. Rohan and I are uh, passionate Eagles fans. And I don't know if you've noticed, Scotty's got this New York Giants uh, T-shirt on. Um, so I'm sure he has a different perspective. Let's let's get the nerdy bunch five minutes on the Eagles and Doug Peterson. How do you feel about this man? winning the Super Bowl, and then just a couple years later, getting fired. Absolutely horrible. I think they uh, made a terrible decision. But I'll let Scotty, as a rival of the Eagles, go first. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm not upset as a rival fan that he's gone. So, you know, sometimes when you look at decisions, you have to say to yourself, is my opponent happy or sad with the decision I made? And if they're happy, then it's not a great decision normally. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the old, it's like, if you're playing poker, like what does my opponent want me to do? So if you asked the other teams, in this case, as a Giants fan, you said, Oh, are you happy to see Doug Peterson gone? And I could say yes. And I don't know any Washington fans actually, but if they said yes, my Cowboys fans, I do know them. They say yes. Then you might want to look at the mirror and say, I made the wrong decision here. And on top of that, the owner comes out, and does this weird interview where he says the coach didn't deserve to be fired, but we fired him. Well, you're the owner. What do you mean? You're the yeah, owner. You act like yeah, somebody yeah. fired him for you. I'm pretty sure you had the final say on that one. Yeah. And they also and said they I didn't tank. They also yeah. said they didn't tank, but then they take out Jalen Hurts. They're like, well, we still kept a couple starters. And it's like, yeah, you only have 50 guys. Like, come on. Like, of course, you're going to have to keep a couple starters in. But I was I was appalled, honestly, by losing to Washington. Like, not even just losing to Washington. Like, typical Doug Peterson, he goes for an fourth and goal, and he misses. Like, okay, like, that happens. But, like... What do you what are you looking for? Like keep Jalen Hurts in the game. Like all right, Rohan, give it to me. What, what do you think? I don't even know what to think right now. I'm just so I pissed. Think, I think it's a terrible decision. Like I said, and I think that we made the wrong decision. I think we should have changed the GM. We haven't drafted well. Doug Peterson literally has been playing with people who don't deserve to be on an NFL field. <laughs> passed up. We passed up Justin Jefferson. We passed up you know Queen. Uh, I mean, yeah. look at him. He's he's beasting right now on the Baltimore defense. And uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just think we have a bigger issue than just the head coach. Yes, he wasn't, you know, a young prodigy like Sean McVay. He's not a young prodigy like, like um, Kyle Shanahan or, or yeah. any one of these, you know, younger guys. Yeah. But I think he was a he was a coach that could get it done. You know, he put people around him who were smart and that was part of the reasoning why Jeffrey Lurie let him go, that he didn't have proper offensive coaches and things. Sure. But it's like, give this guy a year or two. He just brought you a championship. Um, just. But 
yeah i mean like it's it's crazy three years three years after you go so i think howie roseman has some sort of spell over jeffrey lurie and uh, it's it's crazy i i definitely want to know i want to be a fly on the wall and see what's happening and he did mention in his interview he's like oh maybe once all this is over i'll write a book i definitely want him to write a book i want to know everybody does it's been 10 years that he Howie Roseman has survived Chip Kelly, Andy Reid, and now he's survived Doug Peterson. And if we end up hiring the Oklahoma coach, which is, uh, I forgot the Oklahoma coach's name. Lincoln Riley. Uh, Lincoln Riley. Yeah. If we end up uh, hiring him, I definitely think this was some sort of inside job by Howie Roseman. It's got to be. Like, somebody told Doug Peterson to do exactly what he did. Like, uh, I mean... Obviously, maybe it was on him. Who really knows? So probably never find out until, you know, like yeah. you said, until that book comes out. Uh, but maybe they're doing it for the book. Who knows? Maybe maybe they want a couple million copies sold. Uh, I'm just so disgusted by this team. I've never been so disappointed to be a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Like I try to be unbiased in many perspectives, but there's always going to be emotional interest and I'm a pretty emotional guy. And I was just distraught. Like all these Giants fans texting me, like, how could they tank? How could they take my, nah, they didn't tank. Like, and I'm trying to figure out a way to defend them. Like, I'm like, yeah, shit, maybe they did. Maybe they did tank. Like, oh my goodness. So I don't know. Let's, let's, and I think they Ugh. looked around. I think they looked around the NFC and they were like, fuck, like, you know, the New York Giants are good. Like, they have a good head coach. He's making them play hard and he's he's actually yeah. doing something out there. They Joe Judge is legit. Yeah, Riverboat Ron is legit and mm-hmm. Dallas is still Dallas. So I'm not – I <laughs> That's a shit show, but but, but they couldn't you know, even get a better record than Dallas Cowboys, and the, and without Dak Prescott, like you absolutely. have Andy Dalton, like uh, your favorite to win the division, and you can't even get like five wins, like uh, it's just oh my goodness, I just it was so yeah, bad. No, but, but Washington, Cleveland. Washington and New York scare me, and I think those are the up and coming teams yeah. of the East. Yeah, and I think I think the Eagles are trying to keep up, and I I just think they did the wrong things to try to keep up. They want someone new and young. Sure, sure. So I know, Scotty, you mentioned that you're excited to hear the Eagles' demise and uh, absolute destruction of a team they're putting together. The Giants, on the other hand, are, are looking pretty solid this year. You know, even without Saquon Barkley, that defense tried hard. Blake Martinez, I told you guys, coming from Green Bay Packers, he was going to be a difference maker. Um, you know, he may only move the line two points or so, but that man just, he's smart. He tackles everything and he knows how to, you know, command his offense. That's what the general is supposed to do as a middle linebacker. How do you feel about Joe Judge? How do you feel about Saquon coming back from an injury? How do you feel about your New York Giants before we talk about the elite teams in the NFC? Uh, I really like Joe Judge. And I'll be honest, when he was first hired, I was pretty skeptical. I was like, ah, there's been a lot of New England coaches that have flamed out. So I didn't have super high hopes, but. I'm definitely liking, I loved that sentence he said that when they asked about the Eagles tanking and how he was going on about it, you know, that's just not how we do things here. We want to win yeah. and yeah. not to shit on the Eagles anymore, but I think, no, please. I think basically Peterson was mostly fired because I think the owner was trying to look for a scapegoat because the fan reaction was so bad yeah. that they were trying to figure out some way to say, oh, it's all his fault. And we'll never know, like I said, maybe to write a book. For all we know, the owner told him to do it. Who knows? But he had to throw a scapegoat, but I do like the attitude bring the Giants. Um, 
the defense is great. And it's great to have at least one side of the ball that you could say, okay, like the draft is coming. Don't even have to really worry about it. Just focus here. So I love that. that O-line. Uh, you got to build the O-line. And it's not even too bad. Like a couple years ago, it was really bad. Now it's not too bad. No. Um, I'm a little worried that Zaquan might already be done. I mean, you got two massive injuries in back-to-back years. Yeah, yeah. And, and running you know, backs don't you could last be looking, long. Yeah, they don't last long. And you could be looking at almost like a Terrell Davis scenario. And I'm not putting him in that category. Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer, but like where somebody that had this talent and was great mm-hmm. and then just a really short career due to injuries. Sure. So I'm a little worried about that. But honestly, even the back of, um, you know, was it Gallman there? He played really good. Um if Daniel Jones doesn't fumble, this team could win 10 games. If he fumbles, we win two games. So it's really about his grip on the ball, I feel like. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. I was gonna ask new quarterback? You. What do you yeah, think, Rohan? Do they need to draft a new quarterback? Or do they? maybe they trade for a quarterback? I mean, if you think about it, the league is getting swarmed with new quarterbacks. Every year you have mm-hmm, four or mm-hmm. five great quarterbacks coming out. So it's like maybe you just move on. Maybe it's like a – josh rosen sort of thing you're like you know what we took a chance didn't work out let's move to the next one personally as a giants fan i would like them to move on um i think in today's nfl and uh, you know you brought up josh rosen that's a great point because in today's nfl you i'm sure everybody's heard the news people are talking about getting out of Tua after eight games like players are not what they used to be this is not your dad's nfl where they sat on the bench for two years and then they played for two years and maybe year five they were good like, you know, within a season, maybe sometimes last eight games, you know, if you have the it factor, you don't. And I don't think Daniel Jones had it. I think he's good enough to maybe win a division, especially this division, because of the rest of the team and some of the rest of the divisions just false. The Cowboys being the shit show they are, the Eagles having turmoil, you know, Washington seems like they're always injured. But yeah, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones. I don't think so. And I think you got to move on. You, you say, just like Rosen, you move on. There's so many young quarterbacks that are coming out, and so many of them are hitting, hitting. It's like, at this point, there's a 90% hit ratio, I feel like, with quarterbacks. It used to be 50-50. Now it's like every quarterback's taken is doing good. It's, you have to actually look and be like, oh, who was the last quarterback that was drafted that wasn't very good? You mentioned Rosen. The other four quarterbacks hit. So that's an 80% hit ratio on five quarterbacks just in the first round. Yeah, and it was just 20% like five years ago. Exactly. It's unbelievable. At this point, you feel like you could draft a quarterback that would be, even at their position, I think pick number 11, I think the Giants have, and I feel like you could definitely get somebody. And if you don't, maybe you could even draft him and trade him because quarterbacks are so valuable in a way. Do you see teams draft quarterbacks and trade them? The Patriots did that with Ryan Mallett and Jimmy G. Obviously, Jimmy G has some talent, but – they haven't drafted quarterbacks that didn't even play all but a game preseason. Like, he looks good. I'll trade him for somebody else if you don't like it. Uh, I mean, hell, trade Daniel Jones for a second-round pick, draft a quarterback. I'd be more than happy with that. Yeah, I think they would have to trade up. I don't know if top 11 uh, or, you know, 11th pick would really get them the top quarterback. I see three guys um, as, you know, the elite, the elite guys to get. And obviously, they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Um but we'll we'll see what they could do. I I feel you got to go offensive line. I know it's getting better, but you really got to focus on that. We saw what the Indianapolis Colts were able to do with one of the worst quarterbacks in the game, one of the best running backs in Jonathan Taylor, which I did not give enough credit to last podcast. Uh, but and I just have to admit to the nerdy sports audience, as you know, Scotty already mentioned, Tua Tonga Viola. I could be wrong on the guy. I hope it's his hip 
injury. I hope he is able to get healthy, but I feel like I gave too much credit to what Trent Dilfer had to say because he's just such a smart, brilliant mind, but he did also train Tua. So maybe he's just on the Tua bandwagon and he doesn't want, you know, to put that guy under the bus. Like Lamar Jackson should absolutely be in my top five. And I, I instantly regretted that once I saw Lamar rush up for a 50 yard gain for, you know, I think it was a 48 yard touchdown after being down 10 points. That was just such a beautiful way to tie it up at the half and make it 10, 10. But I, I would love to talk about some of the most elite teams in the NFC. Unfortunately, the NFC least is still the NFC least and we can't talk about any of those teams, but we got Aaron Rodgers going up against Aaron Donald defense versus offense we got Jalen Ramsey going up against Devontae Adams, one of the best corners versus one of the best wide receivers. I'm really excited about that game. But to be honest, we got Drew Brees and Tom Brady facing off. So you, you know that's going to get all the love. Here are two of the oldest quarterbacks in like NFL history to be in the playoffs. We got Brady at 43, Drew Brees at 42. I'm interested to hear what you got to say, Rohan. Of those two games, what's more exciting to you and how do you see it turn it out? Did you guys see, first of all, the, the little uh, Instagram post that Tom Brady put up with the History Channel and then the <laughs> two old men playing quarterback? I love that. Yeah, uh, big beards. I'm starting, I'm starting to like Tom Brady more and more uh, now that he's able to be a little more free and he can joke around with all you know, sure. with social media now that he's in Tampa. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that game, I think. Last week, Tom Brady wowed me. I wasn't I wasn't sure what to expect, but uh, okay. he, he was good. I mean, mm -hmm. at 43, he was throwing some balls out there. Uh, specifically, one I, I think it was to um, Mike Evans on the sideline. It yeah. was just a beauty where he he was he was getting sacked and he took the hit. By I think it was by Chase Young or Deron Payne, and he chucked that thing up, and it was perfect timing. So yeah. I'm excited to see Brady, um, Brady and Breeze go at it. Not really Breeze. Uh, I just want to see the New Orleans defense versus Brady. Um, but I think the matchup of the week is going to be um, the Rams versus Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> so excited! I I can't. Oh my gosh. I I want to see like I want to see Jalen Ramsey completely covering Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers still sticking that ball right in the chest and yeah. throwing touchdowns like I. I think he's going to just go Super Saiyan 3 and he's going to fucking just, he's going to level up in this game. It's going to sort of be like when he used to play Dallas and he was like, oh, it's overtime. Let me just put the team on my back and let me uh, go win this one. Yeah, I mean, we got one of the best defenses in the game and one of the most best offenses in the game, at least on the NFC side coming at you. Like, it's just so exciting. We saw what DK Metcalf had to go through. He was fuming on the sidelines and him and Russell Wilson have such a beautiful connection. Nobody was able to stop them until Jalen Ramsey came into town. It's like, Oh yeah. Jamal Adams smoking those cigars after beating us for the NFC West championship. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, don't you realize you don't have to win the division to win the Super Bowl? You know, teams have proven that before in the past. Like, the playoffs matter. We're going to face you again. Let's go. Let's go, baby. And the Cleveland Browns did that to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, but, uh, you know, I think the Rams, similar to the Ravens, the Rams are almost built to beat the Packers. Like I said, yeah. okay, who, who you got to stop? You got to stop Devontae Adams. You got to stop Aaron Rodgers. And you got to stop, uh, Jones in the backfield and you know 
that D-line is incredible. Obviously, Aaron Donald can cover two guys himself and still get through for sacks. And, you know, they're probably going to get three or four sacks on Aaron Rodgers this game. And uh, just really interested to see if Adam uh, Aaron Rodgers is able to get everybody else involved. Tunyon, such a solid tight end for them. And you got Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You got a, you got a few other options. It's not only Devontae Adams, but... Devontae Adams had like 17 or 18 touchdowns this year. Like they're going to really need something out of him. He's projected still to get seven and a half catches and uh, the Rams are projected to get two and a half sacks. So honestly, that's what I'm most interested in. I'm a little concerned about Jared Goff on the opposite side, but they can run the ball, just run the ball. The green Bay Packers 18 weeks in still can't stop anybody with the run game. And Acres is solid. Um, interested, Scotty, let me hear your perspective on this game. Let's focus on the the GOAT versus the GOAT, Aaron Rodgers versus Aaron Donald. Who do you got in this matchup, and how do you see it coming out? Uh, I'm putting this game on upset alert. Uh, I like okay. the Rams a lot in this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, you look at history. Uh, defense wins in the playoffs. The Rams were mm-hmm. number one across the board, points, yards, Right, and if you look at those teams, that's Touchdowns. like half a dozen Super Bowls have been won by the teams that have the number one points and yards allowed. So that's a scary factor. I think the Rams are the best um, bet for your money. Honestly, you're getting nine hundred plus to win the conference, but that's a side story. But uh, you know, if Devontae Adams gets taken out, and look at DJ uh, Metcalf, he was doing amazing his whole season. He plays. Jalen Ramsey, he had like two catches for 33 yards. So he can yeah. shut down anybody, even Adams. I think seven catches is too high to guess on this one. Yeah, I think Adams uh, still yeah. gets four or five, but I hear you, you know, seven and a half is you're going to get eight catches. You know, we got yeah. this uh, playoff pick thing where I put like a bunch of prop pets together. And one of the 10 questions I have focused on this game is, will Devontae Adams get seven and a half catches? And I'm really interested to hear what the rest of our group has to say about that. But uh, I hope I win. I hope uh, Devontae Adams gets <laughs> shut down. Do you guys think, though, that with sort of Aaron Rodgers, like if you think about it, Russell Wilson was their, – their offense is predicated around, okay, we're going to run the rock and then we're going to drop back and throw long balls. And we got Lockett yeah. and we got DK Metcalf. We're, you know, throwing down the field. But for the – you know, for Aaron Rodgers, he gets that ball out of his hand in two seconds. And that's why I think, like – He's going to be able to negate Aaron Donald right? to a large extent. Uh, yeah. Negate, you know, negate? he's going to be able to mitigate. mitigate <laughs> sure, mitigate. sure. Mitigate. And Aaron Donald. Exactly. You know what I mean? like, Wait, you're quick, I'm quick too. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's yeah. getting that ball out in two, three seconds, and he's he's like yeah. just throwing it off. So I'm so excited for this weekend, boys. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm just going to lock, lock in. Uh, yeah. I think this may be better than last weekend's games. Cause honestly, yeah, we had six games, but there's a couple of snoozers, you know, let's, let's go to the saints playing the bears. You know, we all knew who was going to win. So they got that Nickelodeon coverage where they got slime coming at you in the end zone. And like, they're breaking it down for the little kids and they have young Sheldon, like teaching them the game. And uh, there's so many things in the NFL that I'm like, Oh yeah. How are you, how are you going to explain this one? And uh, they unfortunately didn't put uh, the game on tape delay. So a little F bomb uh, came out of uh, Cordell Patterson's mouth, number 84 for the bears. Uh, you know, that, that blew up on the internet. Thanks to Pat McAfee and his 50 million fans. Um, but I'm interested to hear, let's move to the, 
Drew Brees versus Tom Brady matchup. Who do you think is going to be the difference maker for you, Scotty? Do you think Alvin Kamara can unleash um, on this Tampa Bay Bucks defense, who's actually pretty underrated? Uh, you know, they say third time's a charm, but uh, I don't think so here. I think Saints, yeah, Saints baby. Um, and honestly, I think it's going to be somewhat comfortable. Uh, I'll say 10. Uh, I think the defense is really – the difference is, for me, defense. I won't say a player. I'll say a unit. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Saints defense is really going to slow Tampa down a lot. And I don't think Drew Brees is going to play that well, but I don't think he's going to have to play that well. Like, nah. Tampa's got nah. a good defense here and there, depending on the game. I think they'll hold him down relatively comfortable. It's not going to be Drew Brees 10 years ago. It'll be manage sure. the game, run the ball, and let their defense control it for him. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as live up to the ticket. You know, you, you hear this game, you're thinking your brain starts going back in time. You think it's going to be 50 points to 55 and you're going to be a super shootout because legends. And in that yeah. sense, it will almost be a little disappointing to me. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game and the Saints defense is going to control it. And honestly, I don't think it's going to be, to me, it's going to be the least watchable game. I think by halftime, you're going to be like, this isn't that much fun. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, um, you know, it's the face, the names, the brand. It's all about that. And of course, they're going to focus on these quarterbacks. And Alvin Kamara is pretty nice. Um, but yeah, what are you going to do? Like, you got an amazing offense in Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though. But like, it's their first year together. And yeah, you got Antonio Brown. Yeah, you got uh, Godwin. You got Mike Evans. You got Scotty Miller coming out. Um, you know, maybe get two or three catches. I see Antonio Brown having a solid game because maybe Marshawn Lattimore blankets, uh, you know, Evans, but I don't know. I see Brady getting like maybe one pick, one touchdown. Drew Brees getting like two touchdowns for 200 yards. Maybe Brady gets 300 yards, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think it, they may win by 12 or 15 points. Just like you're saying, like I see a, a two score game, 10, 10 pretty solid, but the line's only three. So I definitely got the Saints in that one. That's definitely a bet I'm going to make. And I don't know. I think the Rams may be able to win. I hear you. Like, I think the Packers still squeezed out maybe a three or four point game, but the line's at six and a half right now. So they got to win by full touchdown. I don't really see that happening. So Rohan, NFC championship game. Who do you got and who's going to win it? I think I'm going to go against you guys. I think it's going to be, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. I just ah, have this it. weird, weird feeling that, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't trust Drew Brees and I don't trust the Saints when it comes to winning their second uh, playoff game. So yeah. until they do it and they prove it to me, I'm going to be, a, I'm just still going to question them. In terms of the Bucks, I think, yeah, they're looking good. They got Gronkowski, Gronkowski scoring touchdowns. I think he's uh, Tom Brady's safety blanket in the red zone and they're, they're almost a guaranteed sort of hookup. Uh, like you said, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Yeah. I mean, that that offense can compete with that defense of the uh, Saints, uh, yeah. in my opinion. Okay. Uh, but on the other side, I don't think that Drew Brees can really, uh, you know, he can't handle uh, the Bucks defense because, like you said, it is underrated and they are a good team. So I don't know if they'll be able to get past the Bucks. And I think at the end, it's going to be the Bucks versus the Packers. Uh, and yeah. Rodgers, the GOAT, he's going to be the GOAT. And I'm going to be excited to watch this, the two GOATs going at it. Yeah, I hope it's going to be an exciting game. And I do agree. I think the Bucks defense is pretty 
underrated. Uh, they got a really good pressure. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Malcolm Jenkins, Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore. My preseason pick was Saints over Packers. And mm-hmm. crazy enough, it kind of feels that way still. But yeah. I do see the Rams as a team that could beat the Packers. You know, they're they're matched up to beat them. And, you know, you can't really count Tom Brady out. He, he knows exactly what to do. And he's in elite shape, just like LeBron James. This guy's 43 years old, though. Um, and he looks slender. He looks lean like... This guy, he may make it five more years. I, I, I'm not going to put any timetable on that guy. Um, so I want to hear before we we close off, Scotty, who do you got in the Super Bowl uh, for the NFC side? Who's your NFC championship uh, winner? I think the NFC is really hard. That's more of a pick for me. But if I had to pick right now, I'm going to go completely off the radar here. I'm going to go with the Rams. So what's what do you say? Plus 900 or something? Yeah, that pays back uh, plus nine. I'm going to take the yeah. Rams. Uh, okay. I don't think it's conventional. I know it's weird, but uh, I think that's just the way the matchup's going to play out. It's going to be yeah. Rams-Saints, and I see them beating the Saints. Okay, uh, I could see I'm that. I'm going to go I way mean, underdog. Yeah. I like that. That's I love more that. going along the lines of the Baltimore, the Tampa, the even uh, Denver, going for the strong defense offense that just has to hang around. I yeah. All right. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Nerdy Bunch audience, thank you so much for listening in. I hope you enjoyed our coverage of the NBA NFL season. Hockey is back, by the way. I don't know how many of you guys are interested in that, but that just came back last night. And fortunately, in a way, the college football season's finally over. I feel like that was one of the worst seasons I've ever watched. And we all knew Alabama was going to win and Ohio State happened to squeak in with six wins um, after saying that the Big Ten wasn't even going to play. It was just an absolute disaster. Typical COVID 2020 bowl where I don't even know what to think of all these records, but I'm going to save it for our next podcast. There's so many records we're breaking. We already mentioned uh Big Ben Roethlisberger threw for 47 completions, which is the most NFL history for a playoff game or regular season game. And then we had uh, 28 points, which is the most points scored by any team in the first quarter of a playoff game by the Cleveland Browns. So that one game had two records. And then, you know, Alabama wide receiver, um, Devontae Smith, uh, he got three touchdowns in the first half, and he had the greatest game in college football uh, championship history in the first half. And unfortunately, he got a head injury in the third quarter and had to be carted off or, or at least pulled out of the game. Um, but they ended up, you know, Molly Wap in Ohio State. So it was severely disappointing. But thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our coverage. I got the Chiefs, I got the Lakers in the championship for the champions this year, but we shall see what happens. All right. Thank you, Nerdy Bunch audience. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Rohan. And as always, Rohan, keep it nerdy. All right. Keep it nerdy, guys. Thank you.